1: All right and welcome to the Texas Rangers baseball podcast. This is episode 21 and today Davis Wenzel, his third baseman, shortstop, second baseman, first baseman, maybe I don't know. We're going to figure that all out when we get Davis on here and he's going to join us right after we go to our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse investments.com That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast. And joining us from the state of Washington on the Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast hotline, it's Texas Ranger infielder Davis Wenzel. Davis, what's up, buddy?
2: How's it going, guys? I'm doing well
0: yeah everything's going good here it's uh it's it's warming up you know, high school baseball started i think college practices start uh friday so hopefully this lockout gets over with and we see you <laughs> in camp pretty soon
2: yeah well
0: you know i know you're on the 40 man so you'll be in arizona one way or the other but we're, we're chomping at the bit I, I'm, I'm guessing you are too is it is it time do you feel that it's time to to get playing
2: yeah, I think it's definitely time to get playing, and you guys probably know a lot more about the whole lockout situation than I do. I've been trying to keep up with it, but at the same time, trying to stay out of it and just just get my work done. No, I got to be ready whenever.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds it sounds like they're working toward what would help you eventually. You know, a higher minimum salary, and uh, not that the current minimum salary stinks or anything, but. Uh, <laughs> They met twice this week so far, and I think I think that's the most positive thing of all. They had meetings on back-to-back days, so we'll see. But they're smart people, you know. Mm -hmm. They're the the rich guys become the rich owners become rich because they're smart, and the the players are are learning their lesson. I think from the last two CBAs. So, but they all know that there are no games, there's no money, so let's play. Um, Exactly. So you're, you're in Washington, you told us, in Kirkland, which is northeast of Seattle. Uh, been working with Cody Adkinson, who's the minor league hitting coordinator. What, what have you been working on specifically?
2: Man, we've been working on a lot, but uh, most of it is just, obviously, I'm here to hit. I'm here to to get better. And Cody's one of, uh, one of the guys I have a lot of trust and a lot of faith in and really become close with him. So as we've been here, we've been, my biggest struggle, so I'll probably say, would be soft moving away I hit fastballs really well hit stuff coming into me really well so that was a real big focus for us I think the one big takeaway um from last season you know it was a it was an interesting season with my breaking my hand coming back my wrist still being hurt and just kind of trying to grind through the rest of the season with a with a hurt wrist um, so I learned a lot through that process and uh, that was kind of the one big takeaway um I know I'm a good hitter good hitters hit and So I think the big thing we wanted to work on was, man, a lot of good righties in the league and a lot of good righties throw some really good sliders. So that's what good think.
0: Is it, is it as simple as having, you know, setting the pitching machine to throw sliders or is there, there a little more to it than that?
2: There's a little more to it. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. Um, There's definitely a ton of different drills that we do. And, and, you know, you can get into as much as setting up sliders to specific pitchers where you can, you can get the metrics from any big leaguers pitch any slider he throws his average, his best, his worst, you know, and set that up on a machine and and calibrate it. So it it feels as similar as you could get to their slider. So. All
1: right. All right.
2: Um, Yeah. You,
0: you, you mentioned last season, uh, you went to, you went to big league camp, uh, but yeah, the hammock bone deal. And then then you had to shut her down right after you came back because of the wrist, Um, you know, And guys last year, Sam Huff and and Josh Young kind of had to deal with injuries. You had to deal with injuries. How, how important is it to learn how to deal with an injury?
2: I mean, I think it's huge. Everyone's going to deal with them. And I think if I had to choose, obviously I don't want to choose to be injured, but if I had to choose in the minor leagues, the best time to do it, you know, and especially early on, you just get to learn. And so I was happy. I got off to a really good start in the, at the first couple of weeks of the season and I, I kept trying to play. I think I played 18 or 19 games straight, um, no off day or anything. And I just, man, coding my hand is just killing me. I was taking BP. I was taking days off from BP. um, And you could, I could definitely, you could kind of track with the numbers where my hand was at, at the very beginning of the season. And uh, we took one day off and it just wasn't there. And came back on after an off day, and then our rest, and it just wasn't there. So we got an X-ray, and it was broken. But yeah, I think being able to go through that process and and not take for granted those times where you have been healthy because I've been healthy for so long and through college and into pro ball is I'm now starting to get a couple injuries here. So
0: yeah, you know, there, there's got to the the hammock bone's got to be the most frustrating injury in baseball because. It's just a bone that floats there. It doesn't doesn't do shit except hurt.
1: When yeah, you,
0: you know when it breaks. It's the only like the appendix of the of baseball. And, yeah. and, you know, so, you know, and you have to have surgery. You have to get it out. Uh, I think I think I heard once upon a time that Johnny Oates, to the 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 great Rangers manager, the first one to take him to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Rangers had a rash of hammock bone injuries, and he suggested that everybody in the offseason get their hammock bones removed. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, he was i think he was half serious and uh i mean it, it kind of makes sense because he, mm-hmm. you know bubba thompson had it uh delano de shields had it you've had it i mean a lot of guys joey gallo had it. a lot of guys have it and it's just either from you know now they you can get hit in hit in the wrist and, and that can happen but it's just you know the torque of your swing delano de shields heard it swinging out of pitch and mm-hmm. and uh it's just it's a shame and but Okay, so you you did get to play though. You you did make it to AAA eventually. So what what uh, do you feel like you're behind? Have you caught up? You think? I know you were in instructs. So do you think that you're all caught up to where you should be?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I I had a lot of fun Um, the time I did get to play. Double A. We finished. We tried to finish strong, and we had a crazy last game. Uh, Just didn't go our way. Then. Yeah, that was nuts, and it was a lot of fun, but, and then I go to AAA, and I felt really good. I, I wasn't getting the results. I was hitting balls. hitting a lot of balls right at people, um, but I felt like I definitely belonged and ready to uh, get after it again, but as far as catching up, I went to Instructs just yeah. to kind of set up my offseason. Um, I knew I was going to need to take some time off for my wrist because it was hurting, but uh, just to kind of set up of, all right, I'm going to sit down. What do I need to work on? What are some, like, two or three big takeaways and how can I jump to have the most successful off season for the 2022 season? I, I, I don't,
0: I don't want to say you've got specialized streamed and instructs, but the, the couple days I was there, it was, it was you and Dustin Harris and Aaron Zavala, uh, John Ornelas and, and Cody. The, yeah. you, you got a lot, a lot of live VPs. From what I saw, there was all the equipment there, a lot of feedback, a lot of, a lot of back and forth. Uh, it seems like Cody is just, I, I, I don't know him well, but it just seems like he's totally kind of laid back and just has a real easy, easy way of communicating with you guys. Is that a fair description?
2: Yeah, for sure. Cody, Cody's the man. I mean, I think what you got to see in instructs is I, I believe is how instruct should be for a certain group of players. You know, there's a certain group of players who are young and, and need to play a lot more baseball and, there's some guys that are, who are still young, like me and Zavala and Harris, um, but are kind of, kind of established and know what we need to do. Um, so I don't think rolling in, running us out into some games against some other instructs players is going to be the most productive thing. But if you can, like we did is get some live at bats with, like you said, all these things that can measure our metrics and how we're swinging, which where the pitch is and how it's moving, how we're hitting it. Um, and really be able to focus on one thing like for me right that's right when i started to focus on hitting soft away and and i had some good success doing it being able to just pick up on some different things and so i think that was really successful and it might have been a little specialized but i think some of those some of those guys kind of earned that right to be able to do that
0: yeah not, not being critical i mean you're an advanced <laughs> prospect one of the yeah yes, top <laughs> 20, 15 <laughs> prospects in, in in the organization so yeah it Makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're a polished college hitter, so yeah. Uh, and did you did you get to know Cody when he was at West
2: Virginia? I didn't. No, he, he was there when I played him, and I, he, he always tells the story that there was just some pesky freshman in the lineup that no one knew about <laughs> that kind of kind of roasted him a little bit for that weekend, but yeah, he, that was the first time he saw me, but I didn't get to meet him until he got the job here.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. Because it's kind of interesting how there's that big 12 connection with him and, and you and josh and just and, and and that you guys get along so well i didn't know how far back it went but yeah that's pretty good uh mm-hmm. you also played some shortstop last season <clears throat> um and and when i saw you in spring training i talked to chris word he said you look like you know you have the, the body of a shortstop are, but but you can play everywhere you did in college so where are you most comfortable and and Considering what happened in December with with Seeger and Simeon, what what are you ready to do?
2: I mean, yeah, this is this is kind of how my whole career has been. To be honest, I I was a and going all the way back to high school. You know, my sophomore year of high school played on a great varsity team at at J. Sarah, but I wasn't the shortstop in high school, and so. If you're not a shortstop in high school, how many guys get to play shortstop at in double A and triple A? Not many of them, but that just goes to show how good the talent was. But yeah, so we had a guy named Chase Strumpf at short, and he was a great shortstop. And Royce Lewis, who ends up going first overall at third. And they were like, No other infielder can play first. Can you play some first? And I was like, Yeah, I'll play first. <laughs> Played first my junior and senior year in high school. Put me in, go. And then end up going to college as a, a catcher and an infielder. So it's just, I kind of played everywhere, ended up not really catching in college, but um, my freshman year started game one of the season at first base. And then our left fielder went down. So I went and played left field for two weeks. And then after that, our third baseman got moved to second. and I, I stuck at third for the next three years. So I, I've, there's no place that I'm not comfortable at. I think mm-hmm. you just give me a couple months and I'll, and I'll be completely fine in that position. Um, and like you saw, a third. Once I once I get a little bit of time there, I can. I really love defense. Defense is fun for me, and I can really excel once I get a little bit of time at a spot. But I feel fine anywhere, honestly. So are
0: you are you if you're doing fielding work or you just taking grounders
2: everywhere? Yeah, for sure. And I don't know what the CBA is going to come up with on the on the shift and everything. But even yeah. like these last couple of years with the shift. Even as being with the Rangers organization, we didn't really take a lot, whole lot of ground balls in a traditional spot. You'd take ground balls in as a third baseman in the in the six hole, and so there's not even depending on the the shift rules, but who knows? I I just kind of take them wherever.
0: Yeah, what's uh what's your plan for spring training? Are you are you going to head down to Surprise and well, I mean early February's next week? Or <laughs> what's your timeline?
2: yeah i'm out of here february 4th um i'm gonna stop got some stuff i have to do with the uh, with the family and then i'm gonna be out in arizona probably a little bit before the middle of february and i'll be there just training i'm sure there'll be a lot of coaches there good the amount of players rolling in so that's where i'll be
0: yeah as and they said what to be ready for the rangers that they told you what 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 you're going to be doing, what anything like that, or just show up and be happy. Yeah. I
2: mean, they send out some, some dates on as far as like when minor leaguers and when the, those kind of report dates will probably be, but um, I don't think anything's set in stone as far as major league camp. uh, I think no one really knows when that's going to start and, and how it's going to, hopefully it starts in time. So, and hopefully we get to get out there, but, who who really knows with that?
0: Yeah, well the the last I heard, I, I talked to Chris Woodward last week, and he said that the coaches are gonna are gonna show up. I mean, he lives there for crying out loud, but <laughs> and, and Doug Mathis does too. But he, he said the coaches are probably gonna show up, and there's gonna be players there to coach, like like you and you know all the pitchers that are out there, and I'm, I'm sure other position players are, are there or will be assumed. So you're going to have something to do. Uh, I think, and I don't, I don't think you're going to be out there just twiddling your thumbs.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think with the the state that the Rangers are in, we have a lot of young non 40 man guys that are looking to do some damage in the Oregon. So I don't think, I think there's going to be plenty of guys out there to to get some work in.
0: Yeah. You know, you <clears throat> talk about the young guys. Um, I mean, this, the system's really gotten deep here in the last couple of years, really. You can trace it back to, to your draft. Um, you know, kind of, kind of more experienced, but, you know, a lot deeper here of trades and whatnot with that. I mean, that double A team was really good. Uh, just what, what do you see when it comes to the talent and the organization and how, and how maybe it's changed since you debuted?
2: Yeah. I think when I got here, it was, it was definitely getting deeper. Like you said, we were making a lot of good picks, with good polished college guys that you could, you could definitely see had a future in baseball, you know, um, so they were doing a lot of right things with that and with all these trades recently getting getting a ton of new infielders ton of new outfielders whatever pitching we've become in my opinion one of the deepest deepest or, um, minor league organizations just with the talent i've seen like you said that double a team when we started the year um that was a really good group ended up winning i forget how many it was but it was a ton of games and ended up setting a streak for how many games we won in a row right and then a lot of those guys go end up going up to AAA, and then that's when all the trades came in and uh and then we had a new double a team and it was but it was still it was still pretty loaded with talent no one really knew each other but we were loaded with talent so i think it has gotten very deep it went from a organization i would say right before i got there it went from an organization with a whole lot of opportunities to for the guys in and once I started coming, our groups started coming in and the groups after us, it became a really, really competitive place to be.
0: Yeah. I um, wanted to ask you, uh, um, because a lot of people probably aren't are familiar with him, but he was your teammate of Baylor, Cody Bradford, mm-hmm. who, you know, was hurt, had the tummy, uh, the not the tummy, the thoracic out Thoracic,
1: yeah, the thoracic.
0: Thoracic, God dang it, whatever it is. The baseball only injury. The injury that only happens in baseball.
1: The Hammett bone. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, this guy had, a, had had a huge year, and now he's he's probably a top twenty prospect. And just what what when he was when he was really really good there in in, in eighteen, what did you see from from him there at, the, at, at Baylor?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't. They say like Cody. They say Cody kind of came out of nowhere this year, but I think they don't give him the credit that I mean, he had an amazing college career. If it wasn't for that Tos surgery one I don't think the Rangers would have got him because he would have yeah. gone a lot higher and yeah. they wouldn't have gotten him at a spot and and two he would be a top prospect before he had proven this year you know mm-hmm. so I think I think him coming out of nowhere for those people who say that is it's just they didn't get to understand where he came from in 2018 when he won pitcher of the year and uh when he won that I remember he came in, he was pitching Sundays for us on as a freshman, and he started off doing well. And the most impressive thing was he would always throw strikes. You know, in college, there's young guys, put a lot of pressure, you're know, not always throwing strikes. He was always filling up the zone. And and yeah, as you get later in the season, he started getting tired. And um, but his sophomore year, he get he gained some weight, figured out how to pitch some more. And yeah, Cody, he can. The thing that makes him so effective is he throws pretty much four pitches for strikes. And I'm not exactly sure how many pitches he's throwing now, but in college he was throwing four pitches and he could throw them all for strikes. So as a hitter, I know as a hitter, that makes it really hard. You can't sit on one or two pitches. You can't, you can't sit on a speed fast or slow. You have to, you have to cover every pitch and, and that makes you miss a lot of pitches.
0: Yeah, he still throws strikes. I think he struck out 121 and walked 19 or something like that this year. It was a
1: it was incredible. It was impressive. Yeah, I
0: mean that's yeah, that's, and that's
1: he's what you gotta,
2: gotta do. The, yeah, the jump that he's made from college to to pro ball, he's done some cool stuff with his fastball. It's a, it really has a ton of life on it, and it just makes all of his breaking pitches even that much harder to hit.
0: All right, so um, 2022. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of guys are in your same boat. I'm, I'm guessing your goal is that this is the year that you make your major league debut.
2: <laughs> you, you hope so? Yeah I definitely yeah I definitely hope so that's the plan you know um, big thing for me is getting out there early for spring training and just getting ready. Uh, I think last year was my first major league spring training you know that was a re- really great experience but it was a lot of feeling out you know getting to know guys getting to understand what it's going to be like and so this year, I'm excited to um, to be able to have have an idea when I know it's going to be coming, and and to be more aggressive to to be on the hunt to to do some damage, especially at the plate. And yeah, I'm I'm assuming I'm going to be starting in the minor leagues to start the season and hoping to do some damage and and make my major league debut this year for sure. Good. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, a, a guy who's versatile and a guy who can hit. Is uh, you know a, a dream player for any any manager, and Chris Woodward loves loves that and
1: loves versatility. Uh,
0: like, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. last last year like, he 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 just couldn't couldn't get over what a good athlete you were. So uh, I think you got a fan in the manager. So, <laughs> uh, all right, so I asked all the baseball questions, all the hard hitting, you know, high and really tight Yankees questions. Gen music. John, John John chimes in here with a bunch of bunch of the easy. Laid back, I have fun. Questions, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While you were
1: sitting there, going, "What does the other guy do?" He's just sitting there. He's not saying anything. So <laughs> the curveballs are coming. Okay, J. Sarah High School. That's how you say it. Yeah, J. Sarah. Yeah, from San Juan Capistrano. Where is that?
2: That's in Southern California, South uh, Orange County. So.
1: Okay. So you were kind yeah, of group. kind of in the LA area. Yeah, I mean, an hour and a half from LA. Okay. Yeah. Sierra
2: is loaded in all sports all sports but especially especially baseball i think they had another team like us this year and mm-hmm. i i think i saw an article written on it and they called it the ucla's feeder team <laughs> they had like they had four guys going there or something like that it's crazy now yeah. did you so did you play any other sports in high school i did in high school um i played basketball and football growing up until high school but and I was actually um, in middle school playing basketball, thought about going to a different school um, so I could play baseball and basketball, but then just got to the point, knowing who I am being six foot and I was really good at baseball and that's what I loved. So um, and when we decided to go to J. Sarah, I was just kind of full-time baseball. I don't think anyone, and no one that I know in the time I was there did any, Did two sports at a high level at all in baseball? You can't really do it. it,
1: it, At Jay Sarrett's, so that's a baseball factory. So that's you, and and you loved it, and so that was it.
2: Yeah, and we played all year round. We go, we would travel in the summers and stuff. So it was, it was a commitment for sure.
1: So growing up in California, what was your favorite? uh, Who who was your favorite team growing up or player?
2: I I grew up loving the Angels. I was really young when they won their first World Series in two thousand and two. And my favorite player was Vladimir Guerrero. I I would always try and emulate his swing growing up and and now his son's obviously killing it in the big leagues, but, um, yeah, yeah, he, he was my, he was my favorite
1: player. Okay. So you, you go to Baylor, right? So any other schools have offers on you or that you considered? Um,
2: that's actually funny. Um, I kind of wanted to get out of California. I wanted to experience the rest of the, the country and, uh, I love – my dad did a lot of work in Texas, and I got to go on trips with him, and I just love Texas. And so that was my my dream. Um, I wanted to go to Texas A&M. They, they didn't want me. wanted to go to TCU. They didn't want me. Want wanted to go to UT. They didn't want me. Um, and so we had this coach coming from Pepperdine, coming out to Baylor, and he sent me an email and said, hey, you want to come out to our camp? I took the worst round of BP of my life. It was like <laughs> just – I was like, well, I'm never coming here, but this is going to be a fun camp. Um, but then we ended up playing two games and I hit like, I went like four for four in the first one and then three for four in the second one. And so I was like, I got a shot here. And uh, they ended up offering me and that's where I went. But I had an offer from Columbia and I was I, I was thinking about it. I mean, they were good at the time and it's a really good school, but I don't think New York would have worked out for me. So I'm glad with <laughs> my decision. Could have been the next Lou Gehrig. Yeah. <laughs> wow!
1: Well, you answered my next question. I was like, "How does a How does a California kid end up in Baylor?" You just love Texas, and you were ready to get over there.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, my dad did so much work. He he does a lot of uh, real estate deals out there, and so I got to come and and see beautiful Texas and all the freedom and wild open ranges that you get to just have fun in. So I, I loved it and just all the outdoors. I I grew up fishing with my dad. And so loving Texas has great bass fishing, just all sorts of fishing. So, and then getting into hunting my freshman year, that's changed everything.
1: (laughs) We're going to get into that in a little bit.
0: I I heard, I don't remember which teammate said it. It was probably young, but he called you the most Texan Californian there's got to be.
1: Yeah, it was.
2: Yeah, yeah, so. I, for sure, I, and and I got that a lot at Baylor. After pretty much my sophomore year on, people were telling me I was the most Texas person on their on the team, filled with <laughs> all Texans. So I, I get that a lot.
1: So you okay? So you're co Big Twelve Player of the Year in in, in 2019. Do you, with Young, with with Josh Young, both of you were taken in the first round that year. You were the supplemental mm-hmm. pick. Do you guys ever give each other crap over that, about who was, ah, oh, man, you, come on, there's got to be some little inner inner rivalry there with that.
2: Oh, I mean, me and Josh, it's funny, because I don't know how Josh felt about me, but I didn't feel very strongly about Josh in college, <laughs> being at Texas Tech, <laughs> and and just playing them and they would always beat up on us even though we were a good team we just didn't have the pitching and so I I hated them and uh but literally right when we get drafted everything we do they they put us in hotel rooms together we're traveling together and we just became like best friends so yeah we always talk about it he he kind of I haven't argued about it but he gave me the nod that my 2019 year was better than his and so I was like all right <laughs> um, but he, he he had a he had a great um career his freshman and sophomore year were were pretty unbelievable so so yeah i mean there there's definitely some rivalry there but i'm telling you right when we right when we started this draft and going forward we were just they moved us together everywhere we went and no complaints from me yeah
0: was, was the forest connection is that was that coincidental or did did that somehow just no i
2: mean I don't know when Josh, um, joined mm-hmm. Boris Corp, um, as far as in college, but I was a, I was a draft eligible sophomore. And mm-hmm. so I had Boris that year, um, wanted to stay and, and then come out my junior year. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know when he got it, but that was just a coincidence. I think the Rangers just picked two good players and they happened to both be with, with Boris. He, he happened, he tends to get a lot of good players with him, so. Yeah. yeah a few he gets a few i remember the day yeah. you guys
1: signed because you had two separate press conferences that day jeff you were there so and there. It, yeah that was pretty cool um when and i remember you guys standing out on the field talking to each other and you wondered i was like okay do these guys like each other i mean they're just standing there you know these guys are big rivals just you know yeah. a month ago they were big rivals trying to knock each other out okay yeah. so you get drafted twice we get by Boston in the 37th round of 2018. Then, of course, you go 41st overall in the first round, 2019. How do you um, do both of them? How did you find out you were drafted? Now, I imagine 2019, you were a little more locked in. What about 2018? Where were you when you got <laughs> drafted and how'd you find out? 2018, uh, I had kind of told the teams what I wanted
2: and had a pretty good idea I wasn't going to get it just because coming out of high school and coming into college, um, I was just. No one really knew me, especially coming from California. So I kind of was definitely not locked in for that one. I I was honestly hitting in the cage, and I don't have a Twitter. I, I used to be on Instagram. I'm not even really on Instagram anymore. Um, and so I was hitting the cage with one of my best friends, Tucker Cascad, and I remember this. And he had his Twitter pulled up while I was hitting off the machine. And he goes, dude. And I'm like, what? And I turn back, and he shows me his phone. He's like, you were just drafted by the Red Sox. I was like, what? And so I looked and I was like, well, they, they were the one team that really liked me. And, um, but I had no idea I was even going to get picked that day. And then, yeah, like you said, 2019 was a, was way different. We had actually just lost in UCLA and me and Shay, they had a pretty good idea. We we're going to go on the first, first day. And so they flew us back early. We had an Uber from Austin to back into Waco and, both of our families were there. We got to sit up in a press box and uh, in the president's suite and watch the draft. So that was, that was really fun. Shea went early and, and I had a long time until I'd, after him, but, but it was a fun day for sure.
1: So, in, were there any other schools? I mean, I'm sorry, any other teams uh, that you kind of felt? um you obviously knew that the a lot of teams were looking at you but did you kind of have a like earlier in the draft so you so you you go 41st so one through 40 where there's some areas where you're like you know i really think this might be a place maybe i'm going to go here these guys talk to me a lot or whatever i think uh
2: i think boris set up a pretty good idea for me of where i was going to go and when he told me it i wasn't really happy um but He was he was he was right on the money, he was saying somewhere in the in the forties. And and there was some time maybe a little later who you just never really know what the draft. And so when it when it came, I knew the Nationals really liked me, but they were looking for a pitcher. Um I knew the Red Sox really liked me, but they had they had a young guy that was playing third base for them who's turned out to be pretty good. So um and so uh yeah, I mean there was a bunch of teams you don't really get to under understand exactly how interested they are. Cause you talk to a lot of scouts, you talk to,
1: sure.
2: to, to people who, who say they really like you, but don't really get to make the final decision. So um, I knew I really was, I was honestly hoping it was the Rangers. I really, really liked the people that I got to talk to um, throughout the process. I got to talk to all, all 30 teams and, and they were the one team that I was really impressed with. Um,
1: and you and like so Texas. When,
2: yeah, and I love Texas. I, I was happy, more than happy, to stay in Texas. So yeah, I, was, I was happy with it all turned
1: out. Now, now, when was it you first realized you, that you were going to be good enough to be drafted? Was it in college? Did you get dra- uh, did you get scouted at all in high school? I mean, I think I did,
2: but I, like in in college, I was told by some scouts that yeah, we saw you in high school and we were looking at you. But I think it, there were so many players that were better than me at the time or just had grown and hit their spurts earlier than me that it was like I was just a kind of a an afterthought for a lot of the people who were watching Royce Lewis and and guys like that play in high school. And so it wasn't really then I I always grew up my one huge goal in life was to be a baseball player, be a professional and play in the big leagues. And so I always had that dream. But as a little kid you don't really realize how much there is in between that, like there's a yeah. getting drafted and, and then you have to first you have to go to college, most guys and then and then getting drafted. And so when I was in when I was a junior in high, high school and I didn't have any offers, all my buddies who were good had committed and figured out where they're going as a sophomore or a freshman. and And I was sitting there like, man, I think I'm good, but I'm not going anywhere. And so I was getting a little worried. I was like, man, as a kid, I thought I was just going to be a big leaguer and I didn't know I had to go to college first. And so, yeah, there's a lot of steps there before, before it really happens. But I I would say, I'd say after my freshman year of college, I, I had a really good idea that I could do that.
1: The next that the next the next level was there definitely so it was probably happening. Okay, so here we get really fun there. So you've already said you like to hunt and fish. What do you like to hunt? What else do you do? Anything else you like to do in the off season? Do you when you're not playing baseball, do you play golf? Uh, no, I don't play a lot of golf. I, I don't know how that'll mess with my swings. I don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> but hunt? What do you hunt? What do you like to hunt? Deer? Is that what you big deer hunter? Bird hunter? What? Oh, I hunt everything.
2: Anyone that wants to go hunt with me and. In- See for me, it's hard because I don't have, I don't have the the land, or I don't have the family in Texas who has the land. So I got some. Wants,
1: Maybe we'll fix you up here. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> anyone who is saying, "Hey, I'm going deer hunt," I'm with them. Anyone who's like, <laughs> "I love to duck hunt," I love to to geese hunt, and uh, those are probably my two favorites. But I mean, hog hunting. I went hog hunting from a helicopter last last off season. That was unbelievable, and and just deer hunting. Deer hunting's fun. So like. Uh, I do it all, whatever, whatever you want.
1: And do you eat, do you eat what you kill?
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. I actually just went, uh, I went fishing up here and uh, caught a, kind of big old steelhead with me and Cody actually went, his might've been a little bit bigger, but (laughs) mine was more athletic. There you go. Uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. Cooked it the same day. So it, there's just nothing like going out there, getting, getting your, your meal. I think that's really special. And, and anyone who hasn't done it, it, it's a really special feeling.
1: Well, and that's my, me hunting too. I, I, I refuse to, I, I, I hunt and uh, I love to, I would like to fish. I just don't ever get out and do it. But mm-hmm. I totally believe in, especially hunting, if you're going to kill something, be, be willing to eat it. Um, oh, uh, you yeah. know, that's, that's what I feel. So I, I, I like that. So what's your favorite? Let me ask you about favorite food. What is your favorite food?
2: Oh, uh, I really, my go-to favorite food has always been just a rack of ribs. I love ribs and and especially ribs, ribs in the summer with some watermelon, I think is like my favorite meal of all time. Um, And I was, we were staying with uh, some family friends this, this season. And, and I, one of the first games of the season, I hit a home run and they cooked me ribs before the game. And so then like every day he's like, I need to cook you ribs. They're home run ribs. and so. eddie eddie cooks me the best ribs of all time and just just loved them so that's that's probably my go-to
0: you got a spot in texas you like to go to for ribs like have you ever been to
2: franklin's Uh, i've been i've been to black and never been to i don't know if i've ever been to franklin's but i definitely know going down to uh brown rock this season we're gonna be right by austin and oh yeah i gotta hit up i gotta hit up all those spots down there yeah
1: there's some goodness down there.
0: Yeah, there's, geez. uh, That's, I mean, if you're, if you're going to go to Franklin's, you got to, you got to stand in line. You got to get there. (laughs) Yeah, that's right And all that crap, but Mm -hmm. it's pretty dang good. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty fantastic. But like Louis Miller is right down the street from, from, uh, uh,
1: Globe Life.
0: That from Dell Diamond. Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: And
0: and it's good. And shoot, they have a, uh, What's the one they have? They have a they have one in the parking lot. What's one in the parking lot?
1: One of the food trucks or something?
0: No, no, no. They have a they have a, there's a a, a a very famous barbecue restaurant. I can't I can't think of the name of it.
1: Oh, at Dell Diamond down there's what you're talking about. You're, he's getting yeah, you hooked up here. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I,
0: I, I like barbecue. Yeah. So huh. we can go eat ribs, and you can go kill stuff with John, and I'll eat the ribs. <laughs>
1: So how about home cooked meal? What is your favorite home cooked meal and who makes it? Is it mom, grandma, you know, aunt so-and-so, or you said somebody makes your ribs there, but. Eddie's ribs.
2: Yeah. Eddie's ribs are, Eddie's (laughs) ribs are pretty good. But uh, nowadays when I get to go back, I spend a lot of time in Christmas with my, with my family. And and my mom's cooking so good. Um, It's honestly hard for me to stay around there too much. I gain, gain too much weight. And (laughs) I don't be, I don't become as fast as I am as a shortstop. So. (laughs) I have to uh, I have to limit my consumption of my mom's food because it's too good. But, yeah, my wife makes a lot of really good food. Uh, one of my favorite right now is she makes really good tortilla soup. We're up in Washington, so it's freezing. And after all day, I'm outside hitting or running around. I get to get some tortilla soup, and that's really good.
1: Now, is your wife a Texas girl? Did you meet her in college? I met her in college,
2: but she's actually from L.A. Oh, wow. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna to have to ask this since you know that food. I mean, me personally, you ever get some food lost in that beard?
2: Unfortunately, yeah. Especially soup. Soup's so hard to eat with, uh, <laughs> with the cheese and stuff. So I try to keep the cheese out of soups, and uh, I just make sure I make sure I wash it out real good every night. But <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just
1: gotta get dirty and eat, eat as much as you can. That's why I like this. It's my catcher. I can always find the (laughs) action when it's done. Mine's not as long as yours, but it's scraggly there. Okay, you're down to the last two games. We're going to play a game. It's called the home run game. We're going to talk about three home runs. Uh And I play this with all the hitters. First home run. When was your first home run ever over a fence? How old were you, and where was it?
2: Oh, I think I was – I want to say I was nine years old. I think I might have hit one before this, but – This was like my first one. I really remember. Um, it was, I was nine years old. It was in San Clemente. We had this really cool field called Vista Bahia. had a, had an ocean view in right field. You could see the ocean. There was a golf course right next to in right field. And then there was a, a skeet range down. And so there'd be people shooting, shooting skeet and shooting trap down there. But I hit my first home run. It was a foggy night and I hit a home run into the, and, uh, I actually remember it really well because I made an error at short the next inning and i was so mad i was like i wish i didn't hit that home run because then i made an error after it so So that was my first one
1: where'd it go left field did you yank it did you turn it on yeah it was left center yeah okay all right Mm -hmm. second home run the most exciting, whether it was a college walk off in the minor leagues, one of the ones where you know there might be a couple you can relate to, but just like exhilarating, great ones that put you in the lead, whatever. What's a, what's what's a what's one of your most favorite home runs you hit?
2: Yeah, one of my favorites was my freshman year of college. I hit a. We were down as the bottom of the ninth. We we're obviously at home, and we we're facing a team we should have just been crushing. And as a midweek game, I forget who it was. But the one good pitcher they had was this closer and he, they brought him in and we we're down one to nothing. We had maybe two hits all game. And I was hitting right behind a guy named Cameron Este. and he goes first pitch. He goes home run to right field. We tied it up and then I'm on deck. So I'm like, well, we're tied up. Like I might as well just go for it. You know, like I'm not, I'm not trying to just hit a home run, but he's, he. I'm guessing he's going to come at me and next pitch. I hit a home run. We were down one, nothing, two pitches later, we won oh, wow. two to one
1: a walk. off. So
2: that, that was, that was pretty exciting. Walk. My first kind of like walk off home run in college. And okay. that one was really exciting. Um, and then just this last year in double A, we'd like that crazy game that we had at the end of the season. Uh, I think we were down by four or five. I ended up hitting a three run home run, um, to get us within one or two, or maybe tied. I, fr- I kind of forget now, but that one was pretty exciting because, man, I, I wanted to go to the playoffs real bad and play some playoff baseball.
1: This was in Amarillo then, right? Is that where you hit it? Yep. that's was in Amarillo. Okay. All right. Now, last one, the bomb. I don't know if it's college, high school. The one, the moment you hit it, you went, oh, my goodness. And you know that one traveled further than any of them.
2: Yeah. Oh, That one in Amarillo went pretty far because the ball tends to fly there. But um, I had one, I think it was it was the COVID year. We were playing in in, in Arizona, it was just like all of our prospects—me, Steele, Bubba, Josh—and uh, we're playing the Angels. Got through a 94-mile-an-hour fastball, and I think I hit a 109 to away left field. And and I've gotten to a point where I can hit—I I hit balls to left, and they stay really true. And this one, I don't, in the spring training complex, landed way up there on that uh on that metal roof. So that one that one felt pretty good.
1: 450, you think?
2: I think maybe at least
1: at least 450. Yeah. At least 450. All right. Last yep. one. This one's always my favorite. Cause I, I th- we've heard some really good answers on this. So it's, it's what is something nobody knows about you. And I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, Jack mm-hmm. Leiter, he can't stand peanut butter. Jeff and I have a big problem with that, but that's his thing. He doesn't like peanut oh. butter. Um, yeah. Our funniest one that, that's kind of off the wall is Brock Burke. I don't know if you've gotten to know Brock at all. Um you played he was in AAA this year. Brock Burke, the, you need to ask some guys about this. This is always fun to investigate. Huh? You might know. You might know. You know what it is? <laughs> I don't know. He walks around in his sleep. And you ought to ask uh Joe Palumbo was one of them. He's gone now, but there's a couple of guys that have roomed with him. And in the middle of the night on the road, he's up. He's yelling at people. and He's hitting his pillow and punching it out and doing <laughs> stuff. He's apparently crazy. scared some guys to death <laughs> doing yeah, that.
2: That would be that'd be terrifying. <laughs> that, that yeah. right.
1: And he's done that. He's told us he's woke. He said he's woke up with bloody knees and shins hitting stuff. Um, it's Jeez. crazy. Yeah, you need to see if you can find anybody a room to something like that. What is something that nobody knows about Davis Wenzel? Oh, I think. Uh, yeah, I
2: mean, no one knows this. When I was four or five years old I was playing tag and I was chasing after my neighbor and you know when you're playing tag you throw the door closed behind you so the next person has to open it and gives you a little more time so I'm running and I was the youngest one on the street they throw the door closed behind them I reach to to stop it and my finger gets stuck in the door and I chopped my I chopped the end of my finger off when I was five four or five years old
0: holy mother
2: oh my gosh what was that (laughs) I said holy mother oh we're just going oh my (laughs) gosh (laughs) yeah so that was a that was an experience i remember i remember it very clearly when <laughs> i was mean? four years old it might be my first memory but <laughs> yeah. um getting rushed to the hospital and yeah it wasn't the prettiest scene but i don't think anyone knows that about me
0: is it yeah. okay now what's the deal
2: yeah they, they put it back on and my dad's joke <laughs> my dad's joke when i was a little kid as a he was like, man, that, that, because I pitched a lot. My dad was like, that, that extra length on your finger helps you with your change up. Like, oh.
1: <laughs> so it's your throwing hand? <laughs> yeah, it's on my throwing oh, hand. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's another <laughs> great one right there.
0: Wait, wait, Did your parents put it on ice?
2: I mean, did they pick it up or was it dangling? I was, I was holding it the whole time. Yeah. Oh, my God. How much of it came just, off? I mean, just, just like maybe like it was it. on. And, in the middle of the nail okay. so it wasn't it wasn't a whole ton but uh Man. i remember i was holding it and it was the weirdest feeling because my body went into shock obviously and it yeah. it, it like it literally tickled my <laughs> finger tickled when i and i pulled it out of the door and i screamed because my finger was in half part of
1: my finger is in my other hand
2: <laughs> and so uh yeah awesome. i think that's a good one that no one that's knows That's the best one me. so far
1: yeah, <laughs> that, that, the one that we've heard—that's absolutely yeah. the peanut butter one which just really ticked us off. That's just ticked us off. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have to talk to Jack about that. One <laughs> yeah. you have to give him some crap. Well, look, yeah. that—that's it, man. We appreciate you coming on, Jeff. You got anything else before we let him get out of here?
0: Um, Baylor basketball. Have um, you watched them? I, I saw him play TCU. Uh, what, are, what? What do you think? Are they going to defend the, the defend their title?
2: Man, they're—they look really good. Um, I got to watch them when I was there a lot and they had, they had some good runs, but they never had the, the team like they did last year or this year. Uh, I think, I think they'll make a good run at it. I really hope they obviously back it up, but I think college basketball, just the single game elimination is so hard, especially when you're, when you're coming in with the target on your back, people, people really gun for you. So I think it's gonna be tough, but I think if anyone can do it, I think that team's capable of doing it.
0: Well, they have three guards who can really shoot. Mm-hmm. And two games that they've lost, the guard they, they haven't shot well. But if but you know, guards win the guard, guards play in the tournament, and so if, if, if yep, and you know, and the whole Big 12 plays a great defense. But if uh, if Baylor can shoot it, they got a chance, I think.
2: Yeah, so, I think, I think just running through the Big 12, um, for the whole season, I think that that's that's as good a practice as anyone's going to get getting yeah. ready for March Madness. So,
0: yeah, it's a, it's a slaughterhouse in there, right?
2: Yeah. Of
0: a conference. So, all right. That's my that's my fun question for
1: the day. Well, well, that's it, Davis. Guys, that's Davis winzel Texas Ranger infielder. Man, we can't thank you enough for stopping down for us. I know that you're busy in the off season, get ready for spring training, buddy. Davis, thanks so much for coming on. No problem. Anytime, guys. Thank you. You got yeah, it. Yeah, man, that's great. Good deal. All right, thanks, Davis, for getting in there. Man, okay, uh, that's another good one. I enjoyed Davis on here. Man, I love that beard. I'm sorry, I can't help it. As a guy that has well, a beard.
0: You know, I, they're, 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 I don't want to say they're the, the thing, but he's not the only one. And, yeah. You know, I, I wonder, guess gonna, he doesn't play for the Yankees, but other than that, I know, hey. Yeah, no kidding.
1: That's the only place he can't get traded if he was to get traded as the Yankees, because he's <laughs> right. going to be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Where <laughs> they're yeah, going to make him O'Gora, clean it up.
0: You think O'Dor look different.
1: Yeah. Oh, Davis would look different. Davis yeah, would definitely saw look different. I
0: picture of him. Uh, he he was either a freshman or a sophomore, and he was, he was and he had he had a little something. But I mean, it, it was you really have to look close. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was
1: completely different.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, we got to get into a couple things before we get out of here. Couple all of right. them. First of all, I've got I've I've tweeted about this. I'm going to do it last. My weird idea. I just want to see what you think about that. For okay first of all labor talk three days in a row I mean they've I mean look we're ways off but good Lord three days in a row. I can't I can't gripe right now because at least they're keep doing this it means they're getting in there seems like they're really wanting to try to get something done well did they meet
0: today I, I thought it was just two days in a row but um it's better than one day and then six weeks off so uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I think the thing to, um, that's important aside from that is that each side made a little concession. Yep. And, you know, I mean, you know, MLB is being real cheap with, with what they've done. And 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 maybe the, the, you know, the players are probably asking for too much. And that's kind of how you negotiate, right? I mean, that's how you do it.
2: Yeah.
0: Find the, find the middle ground. Right. So I think, I think that the fact that they've made concessions is an indication that they realize that, uh, oh boy, we're, we're about to hurt ourselves Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: or they should know if they don't know that they are the dumbest people,
0: not just personally, but as a sport, uh, just, you know, you gotta, you gotta play to be relevant. And, uh, so I, I think that, you know, there, there was a lot of talk that February 1st was always a a soft deadline. And I think maybe uh, you can push that another week and and still get in a full spring training. So I I I do think that this is I'm not saying it's nearing the end but it's on the way to the end. I, I think they just I they just so. got gotten to the tunnel and and, and it's it's going to come out on the other side and um they have to. I mean yeah. and it's it's just
1: they just have to do it. Oh, uh, they, they, they they know it. They're smart people. God, please. They and, really and, are. And, and you know, Jeff Passan yesterday stated and they're going to meet tomorrow, so that's why I assume they met today too. So that oh, would have okay. made it three days in a row. Now, whether they did, I kept I kind of try to follow to see if there was any word or what came out of the meetings today. But maybe they didn't. I don't know. But he he's the one that said they plan on meeting tomorrow. So that's why oh, okay. I was saying three days in a row. Okay. Some other news, disappointing to me, but I don't even understand if it's real or how it could. Yahoo Sports put out there that Seiya Suzuki is essentially got a deal in place for the Red Sox. I didn't even know they could do this. I thought he's completely not able to do that. Do you believe that? Or is that just somebody throwing some crap out? Cause that's a disappointment I, to me.
0: Yeah, I know. It's a heartbreaker for you. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's possible. I don't know. I, I, I thought that the one I thought that the window was frozen and he would be unable to negotiate. Um, but I, I don't know. He's also, I mean, he's a major league free agent, but he's never,
1: never been in the union
0: he's Not on a 40 man roster and he's never been in the union. So I don't, I don't know. Well, my understanding was it was it was on ice, but
1: hey, but, yeah, that's what that's what I heard. But I I would guess in either case, if this is true, then he was talking to everybody. He's no way he yeah. wasn't talking to everybody. And you've said in every case that you've said they need to go more towards pitching. They and there are other free agents they could get for the outfield if they really wanted to. They've got a deep outfield right now uh, that they've got to, to mess with. And so look, it's I'm just like the first guy I think in the media in Dallas that brought this guy up. That's why I was like, I wish that yeah. would come true, but uh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll do that. Okay. All right. Even today. Oh, wait, 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 the,
0: the, um, there's a new TRS, TR's memoir out today. I was about Netflix. to reference it. Um, and it's, it, <laughs> it was it hilarious these, these in stitches. It was hilarious. It was, uh, so, you know, to to read it you got to subscribe 5.99 a month 60 dollars a year we had a couple of subscribers today yeah so you know what this thing <laughs> keeps going the, the, the we keep going this way with the with the subscriptions we're going the right way yeah i'm, I'm looking at me in the window i don't know if i'm doing it right now. yeah
1: you're going up uh, you're going
0: up okay we're going up and the more we go up the more good things are going to happen uh in in terms of uh what we're able to do but also i mean if you're a rangers fan and you want baseball news yeah Uh, with the exception of the week before christmas and the week after christmas i have written six days a week
1: yep and my i've got my coffee every morning yeah that's
0: right there's ranger stuff out there we've cranked out we took one week off for podcasts so look you're you're getting an unbelievable bang for your buck and um you, you get obviously the podcast is free but it's part of the it's part of, you know, it came from the the idea of, of, of my newsletter slash website. And,
1: well, you were wanting uh, to do this when you were back at the old place and they just right. kind of shut you down.
0: Yeah, they're a bunch of idiots. So uh, <laughs> we don't even mention it.
1: We just say the old place. I say the same yeah, thing with where I was.
0: We're doing good. And uh, uh, thanks everybody for subscribing. But if you're on the fence one way or the other, look, spring training's coming, there's going to be baseball. So there's going to be news before then. So get in on it now.
1: Yes. And, and so, okay. Actually, T.R. Sullivan kind of solidified what I was talking today. If you haven't read TR's thing, I can give you a, a quick synopsis. I'm not going to tell you because the story is hilarious. It was basically about the 1995 uh, – right after the 1994 season, players were on strike. They were on strike. This wasn't a lockout. They were on strike. They missed the second half of the '94 season. They come into '95 spring training, and the, all the major league teams invited uh, scab players, or they invited uh, players Four that players. wanted another chance. And T.R. Yeah. – Went into uh, about some of the characters and players and things that and some of what some of the managers said and things yeah. like that. It was pretty good to, to talk about covering that. So that kind of comes into where I am now. So, we're, what we're in now, we're in a lockout. And I just, I, I just, this rose, I have the weirdest mind that does this stuff, that, that says this, but it's like, so as far as minor leagues go, we're not, the, the, my, the major league players are locked out. Minor leaguers are going to come to camp on time. even if this didn't work minor league season is going to probably play right yeah is that what is is that what i'm saying? okay okay well this really sets up for what i want to do here let's say they don't and please knock on wood this is so wrong that this doesn't happen lockout goes through and it doesn't go and they don't they can't get anything done so we're going into we're only going to have minor league baseball if i'm a greedy owner how crazy am I? Because these aren't these aren't scab players. These are non-40 man rosters. These are guys that are just playing minor league baseball. What would, what would it be like if Triple A played in Arlington, Double A played in Round Rock, single high A played at Frisco, you just moved everyone up a level? It would still be the Round Rock Express. They would just be playing in Arlington, non-40 man roster teams. They could open their major league stadiums and sell concessions and make some money. You might even could see, and this is way off the wall because we think he's probably going to start in high, but Jack Leiter, your opening day starter in AAA, because he's playing he's playing minor league baseball. He just happens to be playing in Arlington. How stupid and crazy am I, right? I am stupid and crazy, but I, I was like, what, why, why wouldn't that be an option if it's not a lockout situation? I'm sure the players' union is going to have a big problem with that. But
0: Well, you know, um, as, lo- as long as it's, well,
1: okay. As long as it's a, a you know minor league game, that's what I'm saying. No, all all major league teams decide. You know what? All our AAA teams are going to play in our big league stadiums. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, I, I, how about they rotate them in? How about like Round Rock spends a home stand? And now, of course, Round Rock has to agree to give up the home stand, and they have to agree to you know there has to be a f- financial consideration because sure. Round Rock draws a lot, Frisco draws a lot, uh, but bring them all in. You know, bring. Yep. Bring, bring, bring I, Hickory.
1: Bring, bring. I'm a greedy owner trying to make money is what I'm doing. So that's why this came from. But what I was saying, no minor league team has to suffer because there's enough players that play in the, you know, the, the, the complex league and all of that that could play low A. Low A team could play at Hickory. Hickory could play at Frisco. And Round yeah. Rock play here and start the season until you get something done. You've got, you got ball being played in every city. And you're going to yeah. see good players. Look, as deep as this system is, good players are going to be playing at every minor league level that are in top 20. I, I've got yeah. top 20 guys that are going to be on every minor league team in my sure. little thing. And sure. so you will see guys that are really future major leaguers or potential future. That's my stupid, crazy idea. I know this would do it, but I'm like, you know, owners trying to think of different ways to just be assholes and say, you know what? Yeah. We, you know, that's a way now it yeah. wouldn't be like scabs. These are minor leaguers. They wouldn't be like scab players. They wouldn't, they're not crossing over line. They are not on a 40 man roster. You're not going to see, uh, you know, Ricky Venasco. You're not going to see those guys that just got put on the 40. They can't do it. They're, yeah. they're, they're forbidden. That's why he wasn't in there with those six guys that are there. But you can go watch Colin. You can go watch Jack Lider. You can go watch all those guys play. Huh.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the idea. I'm guessing <laughs> they it. I'm guessing somebody's thought of it, but quickly ran into a roadblock somewhere. But, um, you know, the, the one thing that that is in tr's story that was pretty interesting is that it you know the camp had some replacement players and then all the minor leaguers there right and the Rangers wanted the minor leaguers to play in exhibition games and the union basically said don't even minor leaguers who play in an exhibition game will be treated as as scabs uh, yeah as uh, strike breakers and uh So all the minor leaguers got got scared off. Yeah, or most of them did.
1: Well, Uh, even the Rangers conceded that a little bit and said, "You know what? We're we're not going to." They
0: they protected their players from it. Yeah, they uh, didn't want to put their players in that situation.
1: You
0: know, I I mean, it's they aren't major league. You know, exhibition games are major league games. No, uh, between major league teams, these would be uh, minor league games. They wouldn't be wearing Texas Rangers uniforms. Not at all. They'd be
1: wearing Round Rock uniforms. I
0: don't know, John. I mean, maybe you're on to something. I don't know. I don't know. Or, or on something. One and, of the two.
1: And let me let me be very clear, and Jeff can back me here. I am not siding with owners. I'm not trying to say the owners have the argument here. I'm saying I played the part of an actor of a greedy owner on a way to do revenue. I Look, owners need to concede some stuff here. And I, I kind of think in this whole situation, sure. players have a, a more – they have a better gripe in my opinion than the owners who make a lot of money contrary to what, you know, they don't open their books and let us know. I mean, but in either case, so I'm not, I'm not pulling for the owners here. I'm just saying, I'm thinking of a, I'm in business mind. Okay. Well, here's a way we could make some money.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't know that I, I necessarily have a side. Um, I, I, would probably lean more. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to lean because I don't want to piss off the anti-union people or the pro, the pro union people. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. I, I just think that, uh, the, 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 the owners for the last, the last two collective bargaining agreements, they've really, they've really had the, the players bent over and, 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 you know, maybe they took advantage of some inexperience in the, uh, uh, the, the leadership of, of the union at the time. Um, but the, the owners, the owners saw openings, the last two CBAs and just. They they got they got everything that they wanted. Um, so it, it needs to even out for the good of the sport. I think so. Uh, and and you know I can recognize you know you 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 do see how free agency there's a there's a super upper class. Sure. You know there's mm-hmm. you know but but last year if I I saw this I saw a report something like fifty percent of the players or a very high number made the league minimum. So right. there's a disparity between the, sure. the upper class lower class of player if you will i mean they still make tremendous salaries but um they they want that to be evened out and um so i and i can i can understand that uh, there there is a lot of money that's that's out there but you know i don't i don't want to get into socialism either you know do the players making 40 35 million a year need to give some money back no i don't think so uh-uh. but you know they they earn their right to be free agents and get whatever they can but um you know these these young players are are right there grinding, and in a lot of cases are very uh, significant contributors to their their team success, and are aren't, aren't getting paid probably no, nowhere near their market value. That's for sure. So um, maybe the market needs to be tweaked a little bit, and that's kind of what they're discussing raising raising minimum salaries. We talked right. about that with Davis a little bit, um, but um, arbitration.
1: You know, would, so they yeah they looked at that. They gave up on yeah, the on the years to free agency. A, uh,
0: a bonus pool for certain players based on war, I think. So, yeah. uh, anyway, there, both sides need to give a little, and, yep. and I think it's it's getting to that point.
1: Yeah, and, and look, and and let's be very clear. You've you've pointed this out, um, and 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 I have to agree. Minor leaguers are going to be treated better this year. Uh, they are they are going to be given places to live at every level. Um, yep. They they are getting some raises. Um, that it's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to happen. They are protecting the minor leaguers a little more, and I think that's important that they have a place to stay uh, when you go to a town and you're not making much. Because uh, I know in the business I'm in, I deal in real estate and rentals and all of that. Uh, the market's incredibly high. So unless you've got three roommates sharing a place, yeah. it, 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 it's bad. So what I think most of them will do is build complexes, I'm assuming, or do something or buy a hotel down there and make that the place or something. <laughs>
0: Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know, you know, um, the, the, the Rangers could do that like in Hickory and, and down east because they own the teams. Right. Uh, you know, so, and then, uh, just, you know, the, in the past, you know, there, there have been player, what, what do they call them? Player development, uh, contracts or whatever with, uh, with affiliates that were two or four years. But, but last year, if the overhaul, um, it seems like it's really geographical and that, that there's not a lot of say that, that, that minor league teams aren't able to sell, you know, sell themselves to whoever they want to be affiliated with. So right. yeah. it seems like the Rangers are going to be paired with, with round rock for instance, for a long time and with Frisco for a long time. So right. You know, I'm sure, I don't know that they need to go build an apartment building, but you know, they could probably lock one down and just kind of have it on, on the,
1: just rent on it year the round, round get about, 20 exactly. apartments and rent them year round and, yeah. and and do that 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 that's that's what you could do look the frisco I, me being in this market that's some high rent up there i'm telling you
0: i mean the frisco ballpark is surrounded by apartments
1: yep it is
0: so i mean there, you know and i think round rock's got a a, a apartment complex like like across the street or, or just down the road so
1: right um,
0: but i mean that's significant because you know it's a huge misconception i think with just average sports fans that they think uh, baseball players at all levels make outrageous money and that's just is not the case absolutely no. is not the case I mean, you can have top 10 draft picks who signed for ten thousand dollars yep you know and um are, are in a in a lot of cases need that minor league salary and then you know you talk about it's a year-round it's a year-round deal baseball training and everything and major leaguers don't get paid in the offseason, and neither do minor leaguers right but it's a much a much heavier burden for minor leaguers to make it through uh, an off season uh, unpaid, and then you know have to go and, and get yep. a very small, a very small rate, a very small per diem, and and have to to pay rent on top of that. So yep, uh, it's it's a significant step uh, with with the housing situation.
1: Yeah, and so owners owners are putting the bill there. So there's there are millions of dollars that they're yeah. going to be paying right there to take care of that. So that that's one, and I'm not again defending the owners. I mean, I I'm, I tend to lead more free market guy. That's why I'm for every. I I don't believe in salary craps. Go out and pay the money that you want to pay if you can earn it. You've earned it, as far as I'm concerned. Someone's willing to pay you that money. Who are you to say no? You know what I mean? That's that, that's what I believe in.
0: Yeah, and there's there's money. I mean, yeah. Know, if you do that, then they can they can free up some money to to pay uh their their pre-armed players.
1: Sure, I agree. Um, I agree. Well, I yeah. think, fingers crossed, I think I think we're starting to see slightly a pinhole light at the end of the tunnel, maybe, starting to shine yeah. in. I, at least they're, they're at the table. I'd like to see that they're going to at least stay in town all week, and even if they don't do something tomorrow, maybe Thursday, or tomorrow's Thursday, but Friday, they're going to get back together. I don't want to see anybody getting on a plane and going anywhere. I'd like to see them. You know, I've been the guy that says, lock them in a room, put buckets to go to the bathroom yeah. in, and don't come out. So- that's me
0: well I mean I don't think you're alone I, I you know bar the doors and uh let, let's go yeah um you know and and it, it, it if they were able to meet back-to-back days like this uh it seems like there's been some movement, movement done ahead of time and some yep. ideas of well if they say this then we can do this and they can move kind of quickly and then, like I said I mean <clears throat> and like has been said many many times, <laughs> nothing gets done in baseball until you're right up against the deadline. Yeah. And, and if, if it's February 1st or if it's February 7th, whatever it is, yeah. baseball's about to be up against a deadline. So something's going to get done.
1: They got to get some free agents going too. There's a lot of guys sitting yeah. out there waiting to find their next job. Well, that's it, man. This was a great one. Another good one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed Davis there. Yeah. I, I, you know, we, we, we saw him, he got drafted and we talked to him that day Yep, uh, and I think I went to instructs in 19. I don't really remember. No, they didn't want us to go, so we didn't go. But um, and then 20 COVID shut shut it down. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, last year we weren't able to talk in spring training. So I, I did I did do a story on him. Uh, spoke to him on the phone, but um, to to get to get in front of get in front of them these days is doing it on Zoom. But to get in front of them and just have a nice casual laid back chat with them was pretty good.
1: Yeah, he had fun. You could tell he was he he was smiling. He had a good time. And uh it, it, that was really fun. I, I've enjoyed talking to these guys. I can't wait till we get back to the big leagues and some of these big league guys to get on here because we've enjoyed those guys that we have gotten on with. Yeah. And yeah. uh and that's coming, guys. Big leaguers are gonna come on here. Don't worry. Yeah. They're busy and right now they can't really talk about crap besides baseball. Yeah. So we're you know, Derek came on, that was great, and, and talk about it, but you know what? Minor leaguers, this is great for them. I want to get the, the top guys on here, have fun with them. We'll get the big leaguers. We're not, I'm not worried about no, it.
0: No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's just finding time. You know, I think, you know, during the season, we may have uh, episodes that come out on uh, Tuesday, you know, just sure. depending on, on on off days and, and how players want to want to uh, uh, carve up their time to sit down yeah. and do this. But
1: Give us a little uh, time.
0: Yeah, whatever. It's fun and, and uh uh, they're having they're having fun, but we're having fun, and I hope uh, hope all you
1: guys are having fun. Absolutely, don't forget Jeff Wilson. Uh, don't forget yep. Frogs Today. He's doing he's the he's the the lead writer for Frogs Today. Uh, for all you TCU fans, Frogs Today. dot com. It's great site. You're the only writer, but it's a great side. I've been reading it. I, I like yep. it. And they're going to hopefully do some stuff with us. Um, and they've told Jeff, yeah, you write for us, but we want you still to cover the Rangers. And that's why we're still doing this. Uh, I've enjoyed it all. You know, I, I did, I'm i not a TCU guy. I, I like another school in Texas that I won't say, but I, I, I've got ties into TCU. Um, so uh, I know people out there. So it's been fun. It looks like you're having a good time. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I, I covered them uh 2005 to 2007 uh i mean there are lots changed you know finally yeah. the football coach was it was the last shoe to drop i guess but um still enough familiar faces and um you know i, I love i love college sports as as just you know a fan there's nothing i love more than college football and college basketball so yeah uh, you know it's 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 fun to to be able to see it and watch it and not have to pay for it and and get paid for it so i mean it's a win-win situation
1: right yep yeah anything else
0: nope nope nothing else just uh just uh you know keep coming back and uh we appreciate you and jeff wilson website.com subscribe we're we're getting to some some numbers that i wasn't sure we're ever going to get to and uh we we can still go a lot higher but um Let's, let's keep the train going, especially with spring training around the corner.
1: Absolutely. That's fun. We're going to thank Davis Wenzel once again for jumping on with us. Jeff, I'll see you. We'll talk this week. I, we talked today, and we'll do it next week getting set up. Guys, until next time, we'll see you at the yard.